Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. to another episode of Agents of Mace. This week, it's our spooky Halloween special. We're going to talk about Blade, the original Marvel spooktacular movie. Uh, if you don't know who Blade is, or you don't know about the Blade movie, I don't know what you're doing, because everybody <laughs> knows about the Blade movie. It's amazing. So, if you don't want it spoiled... That's wild because it's such an old movie at this point. But if you haven't seen it, go see it. Then come back and listen to the the episode. (laughs) Uh, I want to start by thanking everyone who follows us on social. So if you don't follow us on social, I'm not thanking you until you go follow us on social. But please do. Also, please leave us a review and tell your friends about our podcast if you like it. That's how we can grow as we are still a small podcast. So having said all that, I guess let's just jump into the movie. Um, We won't really do a recap because we're going to talk about the whole movie. But basically, Blade's a vampire that kills vampires that are trying to bring back another vampire. There you go. That's the (laughs) quick synopsis of the movie. Um, So I guess we'll just pick it up at the beginning of the movie. But first, I want to hear just like some... What are your first thoughts after watching this movie? Elise, I know you said you hadn't seen it, so I'm excited to hear a fresh perspective on the movie. Uh, and then, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the reason why I don't have a lot of like nostalgic feelings about Blade and have never seen it up until literally last night is because I was an 11-year-old girl when it was released. <laughs> It was not part of my adolescence. I was like vaguely aware that there was a thing called Blade, just like I was vaguely aware of a thing called Spawn and all these other like comic book type movies. Um, and uh, I, as I was watching it with uh, with my husband last night, who who does have some nostalgia for it, uh, I was like, I think I'm just not the target audience for this. <laughs> um, it it definitely wasn't a bad movie i've certainly seen much worse action movies um but since i didn't come into it knowing much about the character or uh you know being let's say a 12 year old boy (laughs) (laughs) just i just been like oh okay (laughs) for most of the thing i did i did write several pages of notes but like 
it was okay. It didn't do a whole lot for me. I didn't think it was spooky. It was more like techno trash vampire than spooky vampire. Yeah, you definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but it was extremely violent. So if that's your Halloween jam, you've come to the right place. Yeah. It was like pre pre <laughs> CGI. Blood. Yeah, pre uh, pre saw and all that stuff. Blade was the original. That's where it was at. People getting cut in half, exploded. So Shot. many vampires exploding, just left and right. <laughs> Bananas. So awesome. So great. <laughs> well, uh, what about you, Luke? What are your well, first thoughts? Well, I guess going before, before that, if you thought this was bloody, go watch the second one. Oh gosh, <laughs> I did. Okay, like not to not to get too off topic, but I saw the Guillermo del Toro directed the second one. Yeah, the what? second. The second one is just, it's so underrated. I yeah. mean, you've got Ron Perlman. Like, you've got, um, who was it, Norman Reedus in it? Yeah. It's just Yep. <laughs> yep. Daryl pre-Daryl. Pre-Daryl. Like, baby Daryl. Yeah. Aww. I think it was post, no, it may have been pre-Boondocks? Uh, this may have been what got him, got, this may have been what landed him. Yeah. That. I, um, I I'll check was... with Mason on the timeline. He would know. <laughs> yeah. Definitely go. The second one is really, really solid. So I, I know like our intention is to talk about it next year, but just go ahead and watch it this Halloween because it's it's fun. And and the music, man. Like the the main song. Um yeah, I'll still listen to it every now and then. <laughs> yeah, I was trying I was spending most of the day reflecting on my introduction to this because I think I was like in junior high when this came out I do remember going to see this in theaters but just like for some context like um, my dad's really big in like comic books and these kind of characters like he's really big into like the spawn universe and aliens and predators and and blade Um, so I don't even remember if I saw the trailer for this I just remember going to the movie theater to see this with my dad and my brother and my dad was just trying to hype it up. And I was just like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm down. Let's go see this. So I think after the first watch, I probably didn't pay attention that this was in, you know, I, I guess I wasn't like, I was more fixated on cool. This dude's a, a vampire, but he can walk in the daytime and, and he goes and hunts other vampires. I think I was more absorbed into that, but yeah, I definitely remember going to see this in the theater and then on the drive home, like we were just talking about everything about this. <laughs> and then later on, like when you understand like, oh man, like this is early Marvel. This isn't like early, early Marvel, but this is like during a time when there wasn't a whole lot of like exciting comic book things around mm-hmm. other than you, Raimi's like Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It when, was like this was like before Raimi's Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, but man, I just remember the movie theater experience for this was just incredible. This is just so awesome. Um, which I don't know if this has gone back in the theaters, but this is one I would go see, see again in theaters. And we were just talking briefly before, like watching this one today, I think is still an amazing experience. The graphics don't hold up that great, but everything about this the story just how dark and edgy it is just how dedicated wesley snipes is to this character it's it makes it worth it Mm -hmm. 
I'll, I'll watch this once a year for sure. <laughs> well, I kind of like you, uh, I was a big like anime manga kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the comics that I read were more geared towards that. Um, I, you know, had the occasional Star Wars or Marvel or DC comic. I think as a kid, I was more drawn to DC stuff. Because it was mm-hmm. like, oh, Superman was cool. DC mm-hmm. is so cool. Um, and then I kind of fell out of reading comics and stuff uh, going into like middle school. And it wasn't actually until I think it was in high school that I saw Blade. Um, and I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is such a cool movie. But I, I like <laughs> you, didn't really connect it to comics. Yeah, I was just like, ah, oh, that was such a cool movie. And I think it wasn't until I saw the second one that I was like, oh, Blade's a comic book character? That's cool. And uh, so that's when I started, like, trying to read more comics about, you know, about yeah. these characters. And, of course, like, watching all the Spider-Man movies and stuff like mm-hmm. that is I kind of fell back into, like, okay, I'm going to deep dive into comic books and, like, learn about these characters. But this movie, like first time i saw it i was instantly hooked i was like this is the best thing i've ever seen like a vampire like you said a vampire that walks during the day and hunts other vampires like so cool and then as soon as i became a comic book fan and went back and watched it i probably i wouldn't say watch it every year I probably watch it every couple of years but whenever i do watch it it's like nothing has changed it's so good <laughs> i enjoy it the whole way through I will agree some of the effects, especially towards the end of the movie, aren't that great. But like we were talking about before, my all-time favorite like death animation for vampires is from Blade. I love it. It's amazing. I think they definitely step it up in the second one, but the first one, nothing to shake a stick at. I think it's awesome. So... Those are my first thoughts, I guess, after rewatching it. A couple of things that just popped in my head. One, I think when this came out was around the time. I'm trying to remember if this was around the time when TV technology was getting to the point where you could basically skip commercials. Because there was that window, basically, maybe it was around junior high, maybe early high school. Everything past that never watched commercials. So I, I skipped a lot of movie trailers. I went to see a lot of movies blindly, not really knowing much about them. Mm -hmm. And that's probably because the only time I'd actually see movie trailers is when I'd go to the movies Mm -hmm. and I would just remember those. Cause I don't, I don't even recall seeing a trailer for blade. I need to go look that up to see whatever one was released and what it was like. I don't think I see it. I've seen a trailer for any of the Blade movies, unless it was yeah. like later in life, and I just happened to see one on YouTube or something. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, cool, a Blade trailer," but like, yeah. I was also a really big fan of the Spider-Man animated series, as well as like the X-Men animated series, like those two core ones that came out. So I do remember there's like one episode where you see Blade um, works with Spider-Man. But the one thing I don't think we ever saw in the films was in the series. He had like basically a lightsaber. Yeah, it was like <laughs> they they kind of explain it in the second one, I think, when they're like talking more about his tech. Mm-hmm. But I think in the first one, they're just kind of like, yeah, it's a silver sword. 
and like that's it. But I think in the comics, it's like a UV yeah. blade or something. Right. And, and the silver the like mo- hurts yeah. them, but the silver doesn't kill them. So he has to have this like sunlight sword, basically. Yeah. In the movie, they just turned it into like this acid edged sword. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh, I mean, okay. I. I <laughs> I think that this is this goes back to why I like Marvel stuff, uh, where like even this early early on movie, they were still trying to like take things from the comic that were like ridiculous and wouldn't exist. Not that vampires exist or anything, but like <laughs> something like that, and they try to like turn it into this cool like tech thing that like maybe we could understand or relate to a little bit more because we're like, oh, it's an acid edge sword instead of like he harnesses the sunlight on the edge of his blade. Like, <laughs> you know, so I enjoy that. <laughs> I So now the I guess now that we're diving into some of this stuff, will MCU's blade have this kind of technology that we saw like in this animated series episode or is it going to lean more towards the... Uh, Snipes film. I am still amazed that Wesley Snipes has relinquished the title. So I wouldn't be surprised if he has something to do with it still. And I think Mm -hmm. that if he did, that they would probably keep at least some of the stuff around. I could see them mixing up like the sword maybe. But I think that, like, his little throwing star thing, like, they're definitely keeping that. I mean, that was, like, the coolest scene yeah. in the first two movies when he flings <laughs> right. that thing around. Um, Got to keep the car. Yeah, the car, the stage lo- shotgun. He, he loves his car. Yeah. yeah. The, so I think, that, I think the tech for Blade is kind of what makes Blade cool. Mm-hmm. Because, like, we as viewers know all of these different things that, like, affect yeah. vampires. So it's cool to see how, like, he takes garlic and weaponizes it, or he takes something as simple as like a steak and he turns it into like a steak firing shotgun or whatever. Like, and especially once you get to the, the second and let's the, let's let's hold off there because yeah, yeah. I don't want to spoil that. Yeah, I don't want to talk about the third movie at all, but <laughs> it gets it gets more wild as the movies go on. So I could see that he's kind of like Vampire James Bond. He always he always yeah. has Q making him some cool Whistler. Yeah. Whistler. Whistler Whistler. Whistler, I, I think. Yeah. Pronounce that. See, and I thought they were trying really hard throughout this like too hard really to make Blade cool. I'm like, you're starting with a cool concept. I don't know why you keep adding all these things, but like like there's one part and it made me laugh so hard. Where he was supposed to be putting like I think it was his sword like in the car, but at first he's like and then he just like lays it in there. <laughs> it's like if you're just laying in the car, why don't you just set it in the car? Like you didn't, you didn't even know that the girl was looking at you. I don't think whenever you did that. So yeah, I was like, he's he's extra. He's very extra. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I want to that note. Um, I can't I can't remember the guy's name. It's like the new TikTok, one of the hottest TikTok guys, where all of his TikToks are silent. And his whole thing is he looks at like people overcomplicating things, and then he shows you like, here's what you should be doing. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're you know. I'm talking about <laughs> like he needs to 
take like movie moments <laughs> and then just watch him do that kind of stuff. I can just see him watching that moment with Blade, and then all he does is just set it in the car, and he's just like, "Yeah, oh, I mean, that's like the whole Blade movie. Like he's yeah. constantly oh, yeah. overcomplicating things because it looks cooler. <laughs> like even his his like sword when he puts his sword away, and he always has to like half slide it down and then let go so it falls the rest of the way. It's like, okay, I mean. But I, I think that's a, a symptom of when it came out because um, it, it came out around, you know, I, you know, we got the Matrix and mm-hmm. all these like cyberpunk things. And it was like, but we're still on the tail end of like the 80s action hero who always mm-hmm. had to have a one liner. So it's almost like instead of a one liner, Blade had these like flourishes that he would do with his sword or his gun or whatever hand gestures yeah yeah oh my gosh when he when he stakes <laughs> the very beginning of the movie he stakes the guy to the wall and then he's like uh, he does like a fist yeah, pump that, and it's like one. it's like, oh, oh that's so what great though is that like why i just did he love do that. that i love that so that's that's the gift that's the gift of the movie <laughs> i think i think some of my my favorite moments is when he's just talking under his breath he does it like one or two times and where he's basically just kind of like WTF. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, uh, I think the only part of this movie that really pulls me out of the movie, because, you know, that, that kind of stuff is like character stuff. It's like, okay, that's funny. Like he's a, you know, he's cool, but he's also kind of like a dork. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the, the thing that kind of pulls me out is when they like make up this ancient vampiric language and like the the vampires just start talking and or speaking in tongues or something like i don't know i it just clearly sounds like they didn't have any lines written and they were like you just make up a language (laughs) because back to that same scene guy gets staked to the wall and he starts speaking in tongues and he's just like and it's like i mean you couldn't have like written a couple lines in Latin or something for him to speak. I don't know. It just <laughs> it like pulls you out of it because it it literally sounds like someone trying to improv a foreign language. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like like what is that? Because if the vampires are from all these different cultures and time periods and all that, why do they have a shared language? Is this like vampire Esperanto? Is it made <laughs> up to facilitate negotiations? Like what is this? Yeah, I I. <laughs> I, I wish that they wouldn't have done that. I would rather them have spoken Latin or they like... They all speak English, don't they? Yeah. It's not like they're, like they're having like full conversations in English and they switch to vampire. Yeah, they just like, yeah, they're just like, hey, I want to test your vampire. You have a shared knowledge. language. <laughs> Which... I'm going to get out my quiz book. <laughs> and I don't think we ever hear like Blade speak in that language, do we? Um, Or I'm, I, she... I guess they... I don't even know if it's known. Like, I'm sure he understands it. I think he does. Well, yeah, he definitely understands it, and I think he may speak it at the near the end, um, when he like comes out of the blood sucking chamber thing, and he's all crazed vampire. I could mm. be wrong though, but I, I think he does, but only briefly. But, yeah, I don't know. It happens a couple times throughout the movie, and every time it happens, it's like, ugh, just stop. Like, <laughs> Or at least subtitle it so I have something else to pay attention to instead of just watching somebody 
garble nothing. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if uh, you can enable subtitles for those moments. But I don't know. I, I that that's never really bothered me. I definitely don't want us to skip over the completely bonkers opening scene before we get oh, too yeah. far in this. The vampire club with the blood sprinklers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what are those hooked up to? <laughs> I don't, like, where where is the supply? And why aren't they in there with the supply instead of on the dance floor? Like, the one lady, <laughs> the one lady brought a dude. And I guess, like, after they're just out there, like, and also, I wrote in my notes, it's like, them getting pelted with blood is like, if I was at the club, and they're, like, spraying chicken broth at us, it's like, like, I might be hungry, but I don't know if this is that appetizing. <laughs> and, and I told that to Mason, he goes, you don't have bloodlust for chicken broth. <laughs> so it's like, it's true, it's not, it's not a big part of my identity, but I feel like it would still be unhygienic yeah, in well, a club also, type situation. It almost seems like none of the vampires there have bloodlust either because they're not drinking the blood that's coming no, out of the like, sprinklers. Yeah. yeah, they're just letting it get all over them and they're dancing and then they start beating up the guy. They don't even like... Yeah, they steal the one lady snack. Yeah, and then they don't even eat him. They just beat him up. They start like punching him and kicking him and stuff. And it's like, what What was the purpose of bringing him here? <laughs> you clearly have enough food to go around. He wanted to dance. <laughs> Also, the redhead lady was definitely wearing a wig. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It was. You can even see like the fold lines where it had been bunched up in the baggie. <laughs> that was a wig. I uh, I also thought that the like the first time we see Blade, we like see his boots and the guys crawling towards him. It's like ten seconds too long. Like we're we're looking at his shoes for a really long time before it it shows who it is, and it's just like. Oh, I, I don't know why, but like watching it, I was just like, oh, "Okay, are you gonna?" Oh, we're all right. We're just still watching the guy crawl on the floor and look at his shoes. Like, why are we? Why are we spending so much time down here? Because it's awesome. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And an- another thing is, it takes everybody so long to notice that he's there. I mean, granted. There's a lot going on here. There's the music, there's the sprinklers, there's all the really skinny people in their club clothes. So uh, they are distracted, but you would think that this dude walking in, who they're all like terrified of, would catch their attention just a little sooner. Mm -hmm. Just a little. They'd be at least semi-aware that he sometimes like springs on you whenever you're in a (laughs) a club (laughs) type situation (laughs) like this. Well, you'd also think that more of them would like gang up on him. I mean, there were enough yeah, people there. Yeah, instead they're just like... Yeah, there were enough <laughs> vampires there to take Blade down. Like, I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to belittle Blade, but like one guy against like what looked like 200 vampires. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they could have overpowered him, but instead 90% of them ran away and like five of them were like, yeah, we're going to fight you. <laughs> one of which literally was just like, I'm going to kill you, and then stood there so that he could shoot her. And I was like, what? I mean, did you, what were you going to (laughs) do? But it was, it is like, I mean, one of the best openings to an action movie that I can think (laughs) of. I mean, like, it. Oh, my said this is his favorite scene in the whole movie. It literally just like quick setup to tell you like where we are and what's going on. And then boom, Blade walks in and just starts demolishing vampires. (gasps) 
with a with a gun that like I f- the silver thing is still kind of weird to me only because it just seems like a cop out for him to not do cooler things like I feel like in the in the later movies he mm-hmm. uses a lot more gadgets to, I know, to kill the vampires where in this one it's just like he just shoots them right there's one in particular in the second film if he would have used it in the op- opening scene done in like two seconds yeah right yeah <laughs> yeah so it's i don't so, know yeah some some of that's a little i think it's fun like to, again mm-hmm. i think it's a great opening scene to a movie so it's like very action-packed but it is like He's shooting at them. They're shooting at him. And it's like, this is weird. These vampires are just shooting at each other with human guns. Like, (laughs) I don't know. And then later, using swords. And I was like, but you do have guns. Right. And like, do the the vampires have silver bullets in their guns? Because Blade's a vampire. So if they shot him with normal bullets, it wouldn't kill him. So. But do. Just. But. Yeah, but Blade, silver doesn't affect Blade either. Yeah, so like, why are they shooting at him? They may as well just run away. Like, right, there's yeah. literally nothing that can kill him. I don't know. Yeah, but <laughs> I think I think the you know what I what I enjoy about this intro, it's just really setting up this this world, this vampire world. So really, from as a viewer perspective, to understand like what are we really getting into? Mm. Um, I'd almost at this now that we're talking about it getting more of an introduction to blade because clearly like this has been going on for a while mm-hmm. but getting that getting the perspective to know like why do why are they really fearful of blade um what makes certain things kind of go in certain directions would have been i think beneficial would have been cool to see that mm-hmm. maybe that's what we're gonna get in the mcu side of things i hope so i mean Again, I really like the Blade movie. I almost said movies, but then I was like, wow. I like two of the Blade <laughs> movies. <laughs> and so, you know, coming coming at it from an unbiased, like, critic side, I will say there are some story, like, plot moments that, like, don't really make sense. And I get that they're just to push the story, but, like, mm-hmm. why didn't Blade kill... No, I can't think of his name, but the, the vampire yeah. at the beginning. Like, there was literally no reason for him to not kill him and then just set him on fire. Like, well, I think the whole purpose was he just, it's like this, this hierarchical level. Mm. And and that's why maybe something before this would have made sense is to introduce kind of more of this world to know, like, who are the vampires in charge? Like, where does everything stem from? Mm. Um, Because, yeah, the whole purpose was he just wanted him to go give his, you know, Frost a message. Right. Yeah, but he was like, he was like, oh, I tried to kill you last time; it didn't work. So I figured I'd try fire this time. And it's like, what do you mean? You could literally just pull out your sword and stab him, and he'd die. Yeah. Like I don't understand why you're like. But oh, yeah, set him I on think fire. that perspective. <laughs> Blade's just trying to like he knows that he's strong enough, and he's in a position where he's he can just toy around mm-hmm. and kind of play with gadgets and try new things. And right, yeah, that's just. Well, that's just I, part of his personality too, I think. Yeah, but I want to know like what the where the story would have gone if mm-hmm. he had just killed him. 
Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I guess his end goal would have still been the same, right? Like, he still would have sure, been trying yeah. to... He's still going after Frost. Yeah, yeah. He's, he still wants to stop Frost. But, like, the whole getting the doctor involved and getting her bitten and mm-hmm. trying to save her, it's like, that's, like, half the movie. And you could yeah. have replaced that with something else if you had just killed this guy. Yeah, it's, it's almost like... It's almost like this Batman S type story that we could have gotten. It seems like Blade's kind of a detective, mm-hmm. and if he would have killed that vampire at the beginning, maybe we would have gone up more of this detective route of seeing Blade kind of, mm-hmm. you know, look for more clues because he's trying to. Because it's like clearly he he's hearing things like Frost is up to something, but what led him to that? Mm-hmm. Why didn't we get to see that? Well, speaking of clues, so. After, you know, the doctor gets bitten by the burned-up vampire who is not dead. He wakes up, bites two doctors, and then runs away and jumps through a window because Blade's there. They kind of have to do some detective work after that because they're like, oh, okay, well, now we don't know where to go. So they follow a police officer who is a familiar mm-hmm. and... They track him down to like a bar that's like a vampire hideout that has the symbol for vampire hideout clearly marked <laughs> relatively large next to the door. And I was like, wait, how, how has Blade not found this before? Like, it's not like they were hiding it. I mean, it's right there on the wall next to the door. So I put up a neon sign. I know, yeah. It's he immediately is like, Oh yeah, they're that those two are vampires and those three are vampires and the lady on the corner is a vampire and it's like and you didn't know about this place before or and maybe this goes back to what you're saying, is that like he likes the thrill of the chase or something, mm-hmm. so he's just like taking his time. But at the same time it's like just go get him. Like I don't understand, <laughs> like why are you just dragging your feet on everything to make it more dramatic i don't know i you know. well you said something big there so let's circle back for one quick second for the listeners who i don't know why have never watched blade come on now <laughs> just pause and go watch it so you said the word familiar so this world that they've built is which is i think is just absolutely fascinating and i want to see more more of this is that People know that vampires are around, and it's just kind of like, okay. Mm-hmm. It, it's weird to see, like, people just aren't terrified. It's like everyone's mm-hmm. kind of living their day-to-day life. Yeah, we but even see one, one eating someone on the on literally on a street corner. Yeah, and which no I was looking anything. up uh, Easter eggs, and I think that I think that was the director. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I think that was the director. He was that vampire. But, um, but basically... A human could be a slave to a vampire. Basically, they're guinea pig, and they're called a familiar. And that basically means that they're not going to get bitten or anything. Mm-hmm. They're and kinda, if, they're, they're gonna, if they're good enough, then eventually if they're their good enough, master would then, turn them. Yeah. Maybe they'll get turned. Maybe not. But Or I think it's not get turned, right? No, they no, will. They or, be turned yeah, or they would times. get turned. Yeah. If they're good enough, then their master will turn them into a vampire, so then they can be... Yeah. Part of the vampires but then if you look yeah. at historical vampire society familiars that get turned are then just still like the lowest totem of vampires because right. they were familiar so it's a whole thing but yeah 
that and and that's something that I also agree I really like about the Blade universe is that they mm-hmm. they build story so well but not in a way that's so subtle you don't notice but also mm-hmm. not in a way where they have to shove it down your throat. It's just mm-hmm. like these little things like he's like you see the tattoos before Blade even explains it and you're like something's up with those two. Yeah. They can walk around outside and something's going on. And then when Blade sees the tattoo, he explains it in like Mm -hmm. a sentence and you're immediately like, oh, that's intense. Like, okay, now there's this whole other level. There was a moment around the same time. It's another one of my favorite moments in the film where I think it it was like maybe the maybe the doctor was in this. It was like it was like when all of this stuff is going on. So you have Blade, you have the vamp, the burnt vampire. And I think there was like a security guard or cop and they're like shooting Blade and he just gives them this look of like, are you kidding me? It's like trying, like from my perspective, it's like part of this world of like everyone should know who Blade is. Mm-hmm. Well, he like, doesn't. He doesn't just give him a look. He says it in a oh yeah. I mean, way. I'm trying to. Yeah, <laughs> I think we've been pretty. I don't know if we want to go into that kind of stuff because we've been keeping our show pretty PG. <laughs> but yeah, like that's just that whole moment. Just like I got a big grin on my face just because that's where you see more of that personality of Blade, and it's just. It's still such a little thing, but it feels so big in this world of like, mm-hmm. if people know about vampires, do ever does everyone also know about Blade and what he's is and what he's doing? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, even when the familiar police officer is running away and Blade is going to shoot him, mm-hmm. and the doctor stops him, he's like, "Are you kidding? Like, <laughs> don't get in my way! <laughs> like, yeah. you don't understand what's going on." So, yeah. And and I think that's another another story building beat that they kind of put in there, like world building beat. Because mm-hmm. think about that moment, right? The the guy's running away, Blade pulls out a gun, and the entire crowd of people just sort of casually like they're like, Oh, I'll scoop back <laughs> so that you don't shoot me. No one is like screaming or calling for Mm -hmm. the police or trying to get help they're just like oh and then the second blade puts his gun down and walks back to the car everyone just goes back about their business (laughs) like no like nothing happened so may i mean maybe blade is somebody that people know or at least know of Mm -hmm. or know that he's there to help not hinder i don't know yeah yeah but i do want to jump back really quick because talking about world building Something in that first scene, when the guy's crawling around on the floor, you see all the grates on the floor that the blood's dripping into. And I've mm-hmm. always thought that that was such, like, a cool... Like, I know it's supposed to be, like, a meat warehouse, right? There's, like, mm-hmm. hooks on the ceiling and stuff. But I always thought that that was such a cool thing for them to show. To be like, yeah, the vampires <laughs> come down here and spray blood everywhere. But then they can just clean it up. Like, there's these grates in the floor. They just clean it up. So the no familiars one... come in yeah. after the party with a pressure washer. <laughs> yeah. and they're just... So they're like, no one knows that vampires are down here because they just clean it up. So I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm, that's clever. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> also, Blade's, like, just clean. Oh, always. Yeah. Always. <laughs> yeah. Even when and he... And super ripped. Yeah. Got to the part of the end, I was like, whoa. Yeah, even when he Sir? has to drink blood, it's like mm-hmm. just a little bit on his face. Whereas like all the other vampires, like they bite someone and get covered in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Well, I guess we'll kind of move move on in the story. Um, I I think it's interesting that they they almost made Frost, who's like the big bad of the movie, not big and bad for yeah. most of the movie. Like it isn't until really the like last third of the movie, or even the last quarter of the movie, that he he actually becomes like a villain villain up until mm-hmm. then. It's just like, I mean the, the one older vampire, like literally slaps him across the face. Like <laughs> it, it's just, you know, he's not pure blood. That's like a mm-hmm. big issue. So that going back to that hierarchy means mm-hmm. that he was a, either was a familiar or was just a human that got bit and turned. So like, again, we're back to the world building that they're doing kind of subtly throughout this. Yeah. But it's just weird. Like, I don't... He's not really scary. Yeah. He's like a low-level Bond villain. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. He's he's like a schmoozer. Like, he's just... Like, I'm just gonna weasel my way in here and... um, Figure out how I can be number one. Right. Yeah. Speaking of being a PG podcast, and y'all can bleep me if this is too rude <laughs> of a thing, but every time I referred to him in my notes, I didn't use his name because I kept forgetting it, but I just wrote douchebag vampire. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's... I mean, that's his whole deal. He just, like, yeah. he uses one bottle of Depp hair gel per week. <laughs> it just, he totally has the look. The part where he, my favorite part of him in the movie is whenever uh, everybody's at his party and they're like, where's Frost? And he's just like sitting at his 1998 computer shirtless while he's got a girl like in a, the box in his room. Just like, <laughs> she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, go back. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that that second part happened, but I was just like, what a douchebag. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, yeah, also, because... he was in a Britney Spears video. I learned that because I was looking up. I was like, he looks familiar. And <laughs> was he, he was like in a, a Britney Spears video. Was he like a dancer or was he like... He, he was the boyfriend oh, in the okay. Evertime video. So oh. a pretty big deal yeah. in 2004. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to go from that to Blade. <laughs> I wonder if they dated. Him and Britney, I mean. Not sure. <laughs> no, yes. he and Wesley Snipes. Uh, Stephen <laughs> Dorff. Which I really like um, that actor. Mm-hmm. Like, I, think... I thought he was, I thought that was well cast. I just wish they could have done more mm-hmm. uh, with Deacon Frost. Um, again, this goes back into like, we probably needed a prequel because we're getting, it seems we're getting thrown into a lot of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. he's researching these ancient vampire artifacts, and there's, you know, it's, it's kind of like this, well, I don't know the right word. It's like a myth of like if you do something, something's gonna happen, and mm-hmm. it seems like all the pure bloods are like, no, it's not true, right? But then they have a room like full of ancient tomes and yeah. glass, and then they have a fight in there and like tear a bunch of them up, and no one seems to care. Yeah, yeah, it's not cool. I I did see uh, when I was doing a little bit of research on the movie that it was a lot longer. Like, they had a bunch of scenes that wound up getting deleted. So maybe they did, like, flesh his character out a little bit and wound up cutting it because they said that the the initial, like, test audiences didn't like how long it was. Mm. And it kind of, it must have felt, like, bloated. Um, 
And so I, I was also thinking about how, like y'all were saying, all the world building. There's just a ton of exposition mm-hmm. in this movie, and poor Chris Christopherson has to take like most of it. <laughs> Every time he's doing a scene, it's just like him trying to swig his whiskey, and he's telling the doctor all about vampire stuff, while Blade is just like somewhere in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there are a couple moments where like the the world building is kind of tossed in there that I do wish they would flesh out, like uh when Blade and the Doctor are running away in the beginning, Blade is kind of explaining to her how vampires work. And he's basically like, forget everything you know about vampires. <laughs> All you need to know is garlic, silver, and a stake through the heart. Mm-hmm. But like all the other vampire tropes, like, nah, those aren't real. But I'm pretty sure in the books, like in the comics, they some of them turn into bats and stuff. Like, I, I feel like some of the vampire tropes stick around. I get the running water one. I've always thought that that's a weird thing to be like, they can't cross running water. It's like, why not? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but I do, in this first movie especially, I feel like they they do have so much to get through in explaining the world because we are thrust into a world that's already established, it seems. Mm-hmm. Like even Blade's origin was just like, what thirty seconds long? It's just like, yeah. Oh, his mother was attacked, and he was born, and he's immune to all other vampire things. Origin, that's it. <laughs> and you know, why didn't vampires just try to like make their own Daywalker to experiment? Like it seems like pretty easy to do. Yeah, because you know later later on it's like they really just want to capture Blade because they want to try to reverse engineer Blade how they can make themselves like him. Mm-hmm. Also, doesn't sorry doesn't Frost go out in the sun after he just puts on some sunscreen? Oh yeah, the sunscreen mm-hmm. moment. <laughs> that one was kind of trippy. It was like are they not just like I feel like we can get past this whole daylight problem if we just use some sunscreen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is weird that like. His whole goal is to <laughs> is to take Blade's powers, but then it kind of seems like he doesn't need them. I mean, right. apart from like the silver and the garlic, but it also seems like Blade is the only one that's hunting vampires. So, again, if they took all of the vampires that are in the city and lather them up with some sunscreen, they could easily <laughs> take Blade out. In one go, yeah. but they that fifty SPF. <laughs> <laughs> but see, this, this goes into like, I want to. You know, he's got to have some tech. I feel like Blade's. That's like the Batman side of Blade. Like he's always prepared. Like there's always you know Whistler's in his lab cooking up something mm-hmm. to go into that. Right. Um, well, and that's what like this. I mean, again, I, I, we don't want to get too deep into Blade Two. We'll save that for next yeah. year. But like, Bl- Blade One is like a guy with a gun. Blade Two is like a guy with a nuclear warhead. <laughs> like it, it jumps so extreme mm-hmm. on the things that he can do in the second one. Like this, the gadgets he has in the second one that don't seem. I mean, some of them, yes, but some of the other things that he has in the second one seem far less complicated than a yeah. fancy sword that has acid always on it. Like, 
Yeah. I, I don't understand why he doesn't have some of that stuff in this first movie other than like maybe they just hadn't thought of it yet or maybe they were like we don't want to make him like god tier before mm-hmm. we want to do two more movies but yeah i don't know so looking into deacon real quick um the classic deacon frost is an older he's like an older vampire um you see more of the youthful version of him in within Marvel, which is kind of fascinating. But his whole role in Ultimate Marvel is he's actually captured by Shield, and Shield uses him to try to recruit Blade. <laughs> so um, this is this is for Nick Fury's Black Ops team. So I wonder if this is maybe the route we'll get with the MCU Blade. So. Here's the thing. I have had, and we're going a little off track here, but I have had <laughs> the post-credit scene for Venom spoiled. And so I know what happens. Mm-hmm. And I am nervous to talk about it just because Venom is still kind of new. So like, I don't know if I want to, if we want to like talk about that. Mm-hmm. But after seeing that, my immediate thought was this could ruin them putting all of these other characters into the MCU because now mm-hmm. they have an easy out. And doing a little bit of research before this podcast, I had that thought where I was like, oh no, what if Blade gets thrust into the MCU? with no real exposition. They're just like, boom, he's here because blank. So I really hope that that's not the route that they take with all of these other mm-hmm. characters that they're going to start adding. And I really hope that like they take blade, the original blade trilogy sans three and keep that <laughs> world building aspect from it and bring that into the MCU because I think they're doing a great job of world building in the MCU. Yeah. It's a little bit slower, but I think they're doing a great job. So I, I really hope that they take that and they're like, Oh, we want to flesh out this really cool character Mm -hmm. that kind of has his own thing going on. Like literally no one else cares about vampires. It's just blades thing. Mm -hmm. And like every now and then some other hero jumps in there to help him out or whatever. But like, 90% 90% of Blade's stories, this is like Blade against vampires because he's the only <laughs> one that cares that vampires are trying to take over the world or whatever. Yeah. So I hope that uh, they... It's going to be trippy of like, we're, we're in the depths of this new Blade and all of a sudden it's like, so why didn't the Eternals jump in and help you, dude? <laughs> They're all vampires. Yeah. I. When that's the thing, I, I almost uh, hope that the way that Blade gets introduced is that like, Maybe a main character gets attacked or bitten or something happens, and that's like our yeah. That's basically what they did in the uh, Spider-Man animated series. Is they put Morbius, you know, Mm Spider-Man's going after Morbius, and then all of a sudden, Blade just kind of shows up, right? And do we think that Morbius is going to be the 
catalyst for Blade being introduced? I don't know. Because Blade, and, we didn't see Blade on that list of movies. Right. But Morbius. And even, we didn't say Morbius, but we did see Blade. Oh, even that going. Yeah, that, you're right. Yeah. Was. You know, Dylan, I don't. I know we don't want to dive, go really off topic going into to the Venom 2 post credit scene, but I'm wondering if it's going to be reverse of what you thought. Just due to rights and ownership. That's what I'm leaning yeah. towards. Is they're kind of trying to marriage the two, but like they're gonna bring Morbius in, but Blade will no, already be there. No, no, I can't <laughs> say it because it's gonna like. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a special patrons only moment. <laughs> We're gonna podcast. have to do that. But I don't know. I think it's such a cool character, and I really, I really like Mahershala. So. Mm-hmm. I, I could see him being able to pull off the like cocky, flourishy, over the top blade, mm-hmm. and do it really well. So I, I hope that that's what we get, and they don't try to make it more of like a brooding Batman blade. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I also like I I enjoy the gadget aspect. I, <laughs> that's why I've liked James Bond movies when I was a kid. It was like, oh, mm-hmm. look at that cool pin that's a rocket launcher. Like, <laughs> yeah, give Blade something like that. Give him like a a boot that shoots balls of sun. I don't know. I like I think that it's just cool. He has all this cool stuff. So, yeah. I do want to get to the uh the end of this movie only because like a lot happens and this is kind of where the CG starts to slip a little bit. Um mm-hmm. as we talked about, I think that the the like vampire disintegration stuff is is pretty good i think it could it could have been darkened up a little bit and maybe you wouldn't Mm -hmm. have noticed the flaws in it but (laughs) as soon as we get to the end deacon starts like trying to pull from this blood that's floated up to the ceiling and it looks really not great (laughs) and then the lightning starts shooting everybody and then these like skeletons with wings crawl out of everybody and it just doesn't look good. Like I know that it's supposed to be like a semi scary moment and Mm -hmm. it just isn't at all. Nothing about that is terrifying or scary or makes you think like, Oh, he's super powerful. It just looks really goofy. Mm -hmm. Um, The blade stuff is more interesting. The first viewing I had of this when I was like, I don't even know how old I was. 12? I don't know. Yeah. I have to go back and look up. Like, yeah, I was probably like, okay, this is intense. But yeah. True. That doesn't doesn't hold up when you get older. <laughs> yeah. And and you think about like all the stuff that they remaster. I'm surprised they haven't done like a remaster of Blade and, and maybe touch some of that stuff up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, because after we get past that moment, then he's Deacon is quote unquote completely immortal now it's mm-hmm. like if blade tries to cut off his arm it's like reconnects <laughs> and that stuff is cool like when he uh he cuts deacon in half and his top part like flies up in the air and then mm-hmm. all the blood inside him is spread out and then it just sucks his top half back down into his bottom half and i was like well that was crazy i forgot all <laughs> about that that looks I mean, does it look amazing? No, but no. <laughs> it looks pretty good for if you think about like the time that this came out. And you're yeah. like, oh, that was really cool. 
what were those skeleton things? Why <laughs> like they, they should have just yeah. left that out. Like Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but yep, so Deacon's immortal or so we so, think yeah. we're led to think. <laughs> and uh I don't know, I what did you think about the the like last battle? Because I feel like compared to the other fights that we've gotten throughout this movie, it was. Not... I know we keep bringing it up, but it's like I don't think it's as good as the second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last battle is just kind of very like it's just over so quick. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's interesting to see like. Blade's been so used to just like he knows how to kill a vampire and like he's good at it. And then, you know, Frost has been on this mission through this whole film and he finally gets to his objective. I wish it could have been drawn out a little bit more just to see what else Frost could do. Cause like it goes to like, yeah, like we were talking about earlier, like they have all these guns, but now we're going to do a sword fight scene. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we're going to do like, no more swords. Let's just do like brute force, karate, martial arts. Yeah. And then it's like the the chemical or whatever that Blade had. Like, like what made him? It's like why? I don't know. It just feels like a just a basic setup. Mm-hmm. Like this will do the trick. Well, what if it didn't? Which which was also like for for a movie that does such a good job of explaining things. Mm-hmm. It didn't really explain that. It it almost <laughs> yeah. explained it away. It was just like, she's a blood doctor, and she came up with this thing, and then Blade somehow knew how to make it, and he made it. And there you go. But it was like, what? I, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, we never really talked about what it was or what it would do. Yeah. They just kind of mentioned it. They were like, oh, it, his power comes from, or the reason that vampires have to drink blood is because it's something with their blood like they can't keep their blood or whatever i don't know they that's the thing is they didn't really explain it in a way that made sense they were just like oh vampires need blood because otherwise they won't live and you're like what yeah i mean yeah i guess (laughs) like i was looking uh still doing you know research about the movie and Apparently about that last scene, because y'all said it was like weirdly paced or over too quickly. The original one that they filmed, mm-hmm. uh, Frost turned into like, into like basically like a vat of gelatinous blood stuff, kind of like what we saw with the CGI. And apparently the audience was like, it's kind of boring to watch Blade fight with a vat. <laughs> <laughs> and so they they brought in uh, Steven Dorff to do reshoots where they basically reworked that into like an actual like hand-to-hand fight scene with the swords and everything but also the original scripted ending was that frost won and he actually did turn everybody into vampires and so the planned sequel was supposed to be uh blade and the doctor lady uh in the vampire apocalypse trying to get things back to normal i think i remember reading that somewhere because i think that they they wanted to do that for the first one and then they didn't and then they wanted to do that for the second one and i'm not going to tell you if they did or not 
but there's a third <laughs> one. So, <laughs> but uh, I think that that was their like ultimate goal was to make this like post-apocalypse blade versus the world of vampires. Yeah. But uh, it never really came to but that. Doesn't doesn't the first one have the alternate ending where you basically see someone watching them and it's supposed to be Morbius? I did, I did see that there was originally uh, a Morbius cameo in this that got cut. Yeah, I think it was in this first one. Yeah, there's there's an alternate ending. I sh- I'm sure it's on, it may be on YouTube, where Blade and the Doctor are like having their last conversation. It's kind of extended out. And then it, you kind of see like there's like a building behind them and standing on top. There's someone standing on top of it. It's supposed to be Morbius. Oh, I mean, that would have been interesting. Yeah. Maybe that's where we'll go with this new one. <laughs> I'm excited for Morbius. I'm ready to Hannah, see it. I, I hope everything's getting pushed back. So I'm like, uh. yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I think the only thing that we didn't really hit on my notes was that, um, kind of going back to what I was saying about the like weird spoken language, mm-hmm. they took so much time to create this written language for vampires, like all these glyphs and all these like, you know, this one means Deacon Frost. This one means ancient God. Then there's, there's so many of them. This one means safe house. They're like written all over. And especially in that scene where they're like fighting through all of the, the like old tomes or whatever that uh, that was something that I, I wrote down because I was like, why again? Like, why did we, we spent so much time creating such a detailed world with this like written language and mm-hmm. then you couldn't have made a succinct language for the vampires to speak whenever they needed to speak it. Even the like weird tech vampire, the like giant. Yeah. The big, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, like that vampire speaks in it too. Mm-hmm. And, but then all around that vampire on the, the screens and stuff are like all these glyphs and, cr- and it's mm-hmm. just like, you spent so much time on all these glyphs and you couldn't have made little bit of a language up i don't know tolkien did it yeah <laughs> live up to that blade yeah live up to J.R.R. tolkien <laughs> i don't know that's that's the only thing that we didn't talk about yeah. in, in detail that i wrote down I, yeah i i hate to like hate on this movie because i really like this movie <laughs> but i do also want to like i don't want to come in and just be like this movie's great go watch this movie so i'll i'll Everyone, this things. movie is great. Go watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, there's there's little things, yeah, I can pick over. But I mean, man, the more we talk about this, the more I think about it. I mean, really, this is this. I wonder if like John Wick, you know, the the creators of John Wick took inspiration of this because this whole world is kind of like the John Wick type world. Mm. Like, there's common grounds. There's like. You know, when you do get a bit of detective work with Mm -hmm. Blade and the doctors are going through trying to figure out, like, you know, what is Frost really looking for? Where is he wanting to go and what is he wanting to do? So you do see a lot of sense, like understanding, like there's these familiars and that people know that vampires are around Mm -hmm. and everyone still lives day by day. Like, whatever, (laughs) what can we do about it? Um, I think the only difference in in world building is that. John Wick is a little bit more efficient, uh, right? Yeah, he doesn't do oh, yeah. he doesn't flourish a lot with his guns. Yeah. But yeah, if you put if you put 
Christian Bale from Equilibrium in John Wick, <laughs> uh-huh. you would have new Blade. Probably. Some gun kata. Yeah. All that stuff. Bless, bless Blade's bread and butter. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty uh, excited. I know we keep going off topic, but uh, <laughs> Mel just got cast for the John Wick uh, series. Oh. When we were yeah, pretty cool. when we were in Germany, yeah. they were he was there, and uh, he was in Berlin while we were in Berlin shooting for John Wick Four, and I did everything that I could. I looked <laughs> everywhere that I knew to look <laughs> to find out just where they were, so that I could go see, like stand on the side and just be like, oh, I was there, <laughs> but I couldn't couldn't find it. Well, that's off topic. Uh, <laughs> so. If you're a Patreon listener, stick around after we say goodbye because we will have a tiny little talk about the end of Venom and what we think that's going to have to do with Morbius and Blade. But if you're not a Patreon listener, consider joining because you'll get those little bonus things that you don't get if you're not a Patreon subscriber. But regardless, thank you for listening. Again, if you enjoyed our podcast, please tell your friends. Follow us on social it really helps us grow our listener base when you as fans or listeners help spread the word. Um, we do what we can on our side, but we only know so many people and so many places to put stuff. So you have to help help us out in the real world, like the agents of Mace that you are. So thank you all for listening this week. You guys have any spooky Halloween one-liners? I'm not. Hey, give me a second. Okay. Let me think. <laughs> okay. Okay. Happy Halloween, you spooky emo trench coat tweens. <laughs> <laughs> How on topic for this week's episode. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. See you next week. Bye. All right. Now we'll get into the quick little mini discussion. <laughs> Um, Elisa, I think I remember you saying that you also had this ruined. Uh, yes, I, I do know what happens, okay. even though I have not seen Venom. Okay. All right. Well, then we can talk. Do about you, it. do you just want me to, to just spell it out frame by frame since I saw it? Well, yeah, go for it. Because, uh, the, <laughs> I, I saw it and it was spoiled and then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to look it up. And so I looked it up and I read. Uh, you just oh uh, you just read it yeah i yeah, mean y'all both I, okay with that yeah yeah i couldn't find it to watch anywhere so go for it <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know if we can watch anywhere so um yeah so essentially eddie brock venom have kind of gotten away they're kind of like decompressing after everything that's happened and they're like having this deep conversation with themselves and then i think they're like in like in a hotel room or something and like the windows open and then all of a sudden you just see this golden light flash and like everything shakes and it's just kind of like okay what was that that was weird because they're trying to figure out what was going on mm-hmm. and then it and then it kind of pans over to the TV and you basically see the end of um, the second Spider-Man film 
where it's showing the uh, reveal of like that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Right. And they're just like eyes glued to the TV and you just hear Venom and he's like, he looks tasty. (laughs) And then some random dude just walks in (laughs) because it's like, clearly they got blipped into a different right universe right so this is our multiverse tie-in with it's a multiverse tie-in the yeah. fox yeah the fox owned characters being put yeah. in this world so yeah this is what but, is making me nervous well go ahead go ahead well yeah i know i get it. it's gonna make a lot of people nervous but i think the big thing is like are they gonna like how are they gonna marriage this multiverse relationship because i'm thinking that we won't really see venom in an mcu film i think they'll bring holland spider-man over into like a fox owned venom film that's what i'm thinking well here's here's my problem with this scene and why i'm nervous it can't be okay so the whole thing is that everyone thinks that the yellow flash was Dr. Strange affecting the universe in the next Spider-Man movie to help. So no one knows who Peter Parker is. That's what everyone Mm -hmm. thinks. And that somehow broke the timeline and that brought venom to this world. Here's my problem. That doesn't make sense because Mm -hmm. if doctor, if this happens when Dr. Strange changes the universe, Mm -hmm. then no one would know who Spider-Man is. Mm -hmm. So how would they be reporting on Spider-Man who Spider-Man is? So I'm thinking that this has to be at the end of Spider-Man, the next Spider-Man, where Doctor Strange has to change everything back because something's going to happen in the next movie after he changes it and messes it up that he has to change it back, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. probably what's going to happen. So he changes it back and somehow that's going to draw Vinny and Eddie Brock into this universe. I don't know the science. I'm not a Marvel scientist. (laughs) So... But that's that's what I think is going to happen, and I I think that it's like Marvel buying out the rights to these characters and doing something in these movies to pull to like pull them into the universe, and then just set them on the back burner until they're ready to do something with them. And so I'm nervous that they're going to do that with all these characters, where they're going to introduce them, and then we're not going to see anything from them for a really long time, and mm. then finally they'll put out the movie but at that point it's like well now we're so far past when you introduce this like imagine if they introduce eddie brock being pulled into this universe and then we don't get a spider-man venom movie for the next three years by the time it comes out or you hear about it you're gonna be like yeah okay well we're light years past that now like it it just seems like a cop out to pull these characters in without really having to explain or create mm-hmm. a new character. Like they could easily have created a new venom for the MCU. Sure. Like I have nothing Shoot, against, they could bring in <laughs> Raimi's uh, venom as yeah, well. Yeah. And, and I have nothing against, um, I can't think of his name who plays venom. Hardy. Tom Hardy? Yes, Tom Hardy. I have nothing against him. I think he does a okay job. 
do I like, is it like Hugh Jackman level? No. Like no. I no. could, they could recast Eddie Brock or give us some other Venom, give us Agent Venom in the MCU and I would be fine with it. In fact, I would probably prefer them to make a new Venom with a different voice because why does he have to sound like Christian Bale's Batman? Like, so it, it worries me that they're going, that, that they're like pulling these Fox characters yeah. over. So like this Morbius movie is going to happen and then they're going to pull that over into the MCU mm-hmm. so that they could maybe use that as to bring Blade in or use Blade to bring yeah. that. It's like, no, just Fox is doing Fox things. And apart from Deadpool, mm-hmm. most of them aren't great or even watchable. <laughs> <laughs> and MCU stuff is great and like yeah it has some bumps in the road but for all intents and purposes pretty good so mm-hmm. just continue doing what you're doing don't yeah. fall into this weird pressure of pulling over stuff people know from the past like just make new stuff Tom Holland yeah. Spider-Man was great you don't need to bring yeah. Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire into this but you can yeah they can and they will yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clearly they are <laughs> Yeah, that's the worrisome thing. Is like, are they going to do too much? Because I think as most fans are speculating and anticipating, is that I, I, you know, I think this is supposed to, or this is supposed to close out like this Holland trilogy of Spider-Man films. But I guess you know they'll continue it in some new form. But most people are speculating like, okay, this is going to build up the Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll happen. We don't really know. But I mean, if you if you're gonna build a that and then and then we already know that Venom is aware of Spider Man, mm-hmm. that's a lot. Yeah, but also like, is Tom, if Tom Holland's trying to get out of this, right? Like he, this is supposed to be like the mm-hmm. end of Tom Holland Spider Man. Well, I don't think I don't know if it's the end of Holland Spider Man. I think it's like the end of like the the home um, trilogy the home trilogy is what they're calling it oh okay okay yeah well, that's fine because in my yeah. mind i was like i wouldn't mind them casting and creating a miles morales storyline where mm-hmm. maybe he takes the th- like sure, i don't, I don't yeah. know if you've seen or played the spider-man games but like oh yeah that's kind of how that works right you get peter mm-hmm. parker in the first game he meets miles mm-hmm. he kind of trains miles and then miles is the second game so mm-hmm. i would be fine with them doing something like that and like continuing because there are billions of spider-men like sure it wouldn't be anything to just every three or four movies yeah cycle in a new the, spider-man the question is is does holland want to go on this path similar to like hugh jackman mm-hmm. and really just own this role for as long as he can to to a point where it makes sense to well he could he could be spider-man for the next 15 years i mean he's young sure, enough yeah yeah mm-hmm. I don't know that he will. I mean, he seems pretty into it. Like, he really mm-hmm. loves it, and he really loves being Spider-Man, so I could see him sticking around. But also, mm-hmm. you never know. I mean, look at Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, I mean, he killed it in Logan. They could easily continue that as, like, a series mm-hmm. and have, like, old man Logan stuff going on. Oh, of course. But he was like, you know, I've done this for a really long time. I'm done. So, like... Holland could easily do that in two years and be like, okay, I'm done. And then it's like, okay, well, if we don't have the Venom movie by then, what are you going to do? Because you <laughs> just introduced the fact that Venom is in this universe. So that, yeah, I think, I think they're shooting uh, themselves in the foot a little bit. 
maybe. And that's going to be the big question is once we can see Morbius January, as long as it doesn't move from January 2022. I mean, they've all know. moved already. So, <laughs> yeah. How many uh, How will they have a mid credit scene? Will they have a post credit scene? And the question is, is like, who are we going to see? Are we going to see something that's Spider-Man related? Will we see Venom mm-hmm. or will it be our very first look at Blade? Mm-hmm. Those are the three things that are up there. The what if, if you will. <laughs> what if? <laughs> All right, well, oh, what were you going to say, Elisa? Oh, I was just going to say what they should do is uh, they should bring in Jake Johnson and Nick Cage and have them be uh, like old, chubby, middle-aged Spider-Man and Spider-Man noir. I would watch the living heck out of a live-action Jake Johnson Spider-Man. Please. I want them to bring Nick Cage back as Ghost Rider. And then see, we see him pass the mantle because that's how Ghost Rider works. He actually passes the mantle on. So it would be cool to see him come back and then pass the mantle on to whoever they get to play the new Ghost Rider. <laughs> to Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> oh, jeez, no. He's, he's doing enough. No, he, no, what we need. We need Deadpool and Logan. Oh, yes. We need them, you know, ignoring... Wolverine Origins. Yeah. Yeah. Not that one. <laughs> not that one. We need like we need them to in a, at There's, least one give us one scene. There is zero percent chance that there will ever be a Deadpool movie made that has a Wolverine in it and it's not Hugh Jackman. Zero percent chance. They are far too close, far too good of friends. I highly doubt that Hugh Jackman would turn down that opportunity. Even if it's just like a cameo, like he comes yeah. in and, and they say some funny I, line to each other or something. I would be I would be happy if we just got a scene where we just see Hugh Jackman as like Logan at a bar drinking with his cigar <laughs> and it kind of like pans around or something. And then we see a door open. We just see Deadpool standing there and it ends. <laughs> I would be fine with that. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Just bring him back. Bring Hugh Jackman back. <laughs> all right <laughs> thank you patrons for sticking around to hear our thoughts on what's i know we did what's next last week but this is even deeper what's next so yeah and they ruined it with their stupid new schedule yeah, yeah i know like literally the second we put the episode which i did look up and it looks like the strike is still under negotiations but it wasn't looking promising okay mm-hmm. well the last i read they had like 24 hours to like read over everything well then to see if they were happy I guess it's possible that those dates could move back. Possibly. That's, you know, I didn't, I never saw, I saw where people, you know, Kevin uh, Feige, however mm-hmm. you say his last name, was trending on Twitter. And, but I never really saw real reasoning. It's all like yeah. everyone was just kind of like, I think people were throwing more, more shade on like him watching the Batman trailer and <laughs> getting freaked out. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if it's anticipating that a strike's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I yeah. could also see them even if even if it doesn't happen, I could see them just being like, "Nah, we already pushed it. Like, let's just keep it. It gives us more time to work on it." So, yeah. I don't I don't know that they will actually move it yeah. forward. They again. could they could move it back again. Yeah. Who knows? Well, thank you all for listening this week. Be sure to come back next week to hear next week's episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Have a happy Halloween. Watch don't what we do in the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.